The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. Place four $50 basketball bets. And regardless of outcome, you'll get a $50 free bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free or paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Rodrigo de Paul and now Llorente Griezmann, good challenge Harry Maguire, Rodrigo de Paul with a shot, good save had to move his feet and get across his goal that's a really good stop from David De Gea it was but that was you know, three little errors from Maguire first giving the ball up ball out of play, that's the strike sees it a long time David De Gea I think there was much pace, it's a little deflection isn't it what a save that is. Maguire. Bruno Fernandes oh. has made the run in there. The challenge made by Reynaldo. Well, the referee's having a look at the assistant. And I think he's going to wait here for VAR to take a look at this. Oh, I think it hit Bruno Fernandes' knee. Okay, that's a really good ball to Yorente. In it goes as well, Felix. The offside flag is 
Manchester United. First time they got your own team behind on that side. And the fact that Schwarz Felix has his hands on his head tells you the result. Llorente, that one, he's offside. It's a good line for Manchester United. He would have been onside. Jao Felix is behind the ball. Got away with there, Manchester United. Off goes Anthony Langer. The first time he's had a run down this side and he's got away from a couple of them. arriving. Antoine Griezmann, Lonnie coming in, Lonnie's headed! Atletico Madrid lead at Old Trafford, and the man who made the goal in the first leg has scored for them in the second. It's Renan Lodi, it's Manchester United nil, Atletico Madrid won, and the Spaniards now lead 2-1 on aggregate. That was the foul initially, the referee waved play on, and then it's a beautiful pass there. And then the play from João Felix, the overlapping run. Dallo doesn't open his body up at any time. You know, he's looking at the ball. I'm not sure he's aware of Lodi coming in behind. He's too late. And then the downward header. Good finish. The big question is, Darren, is it a foul on Alanga? Well, that's what's being looked at at the moment by the VAR, Marco Fritz. And the check is over. Sancho to Fred. Here's Dallo. Bruno Fernandes. He's going to hit the shot. Good shot. Good save. It was moving all over the place. Oblak started to go one way and then went back the other. Get a move on the ball there. You're right, Darren. He went to his right. Had to move his feet quickly to get over to the left. Ilanga. Dallo makes the run. Langer finds it. Dallo whips the cross in far side. Sancho! Hits it so well. He knows what a good chance it was. Sees it all the way. Gets a great strike on it. Great technique. Oh, so close. That would have been one of those special European goals at Old Trafford. Bruno Fernandes with a good ball in fraction. Too high for Ronaldo. Whistled across the front of him. I think Ronaldo and Harry Maguire clashed heads when they were pushing each other out of the way. Yeah, they did. What a ball. Whipped him with pace. Wonderful ball, isn't it? To try and regain his concentration and his composure to try and attack the free kick. Free kick. Richard towards the Save the flag's gone up against, I think, the Ronaldo follow up. But the header from Varane and the save by Oblak was top draw. Instinctive right hand, isn't it? The full time whistle. It's 
disaster for Manchester United. They're out of the Champions League. Off goes Diego Simeone. There'll be no trophy at Old Trafford this season as the bottles rain down on the Atletico Madrid manager. Their last hope has gone tonight. The inquest will begin. Renan Lodi's goal just before half-time is all it took for Atletico Madrid to win the tie. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. You can also follow the Twitter account for the Soccer Gambling Podcast. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. Now is the best time to sign up because it's April 1st. And if you sign up now, you'll get an entire month from the service that has delivered 106 months in a row of Transparent Track Profit. We are now just two months away. That'll be April and May. So at the end of May, hopefully we can say we are undefeated for 108 months, 108 months without a single losing month in sports betting, because that will represent nine years undefeated every single month. That is the goal. And if you want to come aboard the journey for month number 107, head over to lockbetting.com. This is a massive month. We have WWE WrestleMania this weekend, which I specialize in. We have loads of boxing action coming off a nine in one boxing card last weekend. We are slamming it in the NBA. And of course, we have soccer with the Champions League and the meat and potatoes part of the domestic season. So if you want to get all of my plays, head over to lockbetting.com and sign up on April the 1st. The reason why it's so important to sign up at the start of the month MyLockBetting.com website links to Patreon. That's how you end up paying. All the money goes through to them. They deal with everything and I just take my money from them and they take their cut. But they bill everybody on the first of each month. So when you sign up, you'll be billed and you'll be billed again on the first of May. So what you don't want to do is get billed on the 10th or the 15th or the 20th of April and sign up late and miss all of the content at the start of the month. You want to get those WrestleMania plays and you want to get involved with the soccer immediately this weekend. So make sure you sign up as early as you can. I use Patreon because it allows me to be fully tracked and transparent. You can see underneath every single post, the members can leave all their comments, especially important for the P&Ls. The P&Ls are posted on the lockbetting.com site and the last month's PL is always the pin tweet at the Twitter accounts for at SGP Soccer and at lockbetting.com. So you can always see those PLs posted there. And if you look underneath, you'll see little tags like football, soccer, tennis, ATP, NBA, etc. You'll see tags that say PL. They will take you through to all of the other previous PLs. You can see all the members' comments and whatnots underneath every single post. I use Patreon for that reason and that reason alone because it gives me that full transparency that you guys should be looking for if you are going to pay anybody for picks. If you want to pay anyone for picks, You need to see that kind of level of transparency. And that's what Patreon offers me. It also makes it easy for me to get my money from them without dealing with with people directly and making a website. Everything's set up there. Very, very easy to use. 
You just see when the posts are posted, they come to your emails. There's an app that will immediately notify you that a post has gone out for some place. So you shouldn't miss anything. You'll also get access to an in-play group as well if you sign up for the top package or the soccer package as well. So it is a service that works. It is a service that is delivering genuine profit and you can come aboard the journey for month number 107. Moving on with this episode of Bet MUFC, a long-awaited episode. It's been a while since Manchester United were knocked out of the Champions League. We now return to action with a game against Leicester City at home tomorrow. It's been 18 days. Well, as I'm recording this, it's been 17 days. But by the time we played tomorrow, it would have been 18 days since Manchester United last played a game. I don't know if that rest is going to be beneficial. I don't know if that's going to be a massive distraction. But what can you be distracted from? Like, how can it get any worse? The commentator on that said that there will be an inquest because Manchester United are now out of the Champions League and we're not going to have a trophy. We knew a long time ago we weren't going to have a trophy. We blew the, we blew the Premier League six or seven weeks into the season. We were immediately eliminated from the League Cup We lost in the FA Cup fourth round to a team in a division below us on penalties. So we knew a long, long time ago we weren't going to be winning anything this season. Anybody that thought we had any kind of hope whatsoever of winning the Champions League is absolutely deluded. But to be eliminated in the last 16 against an Atletico Madrid team who are very much a shadow of the team that won La Liga last season. The foundation of Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone is a solid defence. And they don't have that solid defence this season. They have personnel there who are capable, but they have not statistically delivered that. And they are not even in the hunt for La Liga this season. So coming up against them, I thought that was a pretty decent draw for Manchester United. Not as good as what Manchester City were gifted, but it was still a good enough draw for Manchester United to get through. So this is a massive and monumental disappointment that Manchester United haven't been able to get through to the quarterfinals or or even a semi-final as a result of their Champions League campaign. And now we go back to the league where we are floundering here in sixth place. The inevitable has happened. We have been taken over by Arsenal and Tottenham. And now Arsenal are ahead of us with one game in hand with a four-point lead. We now probably have to win every single game remaining this season. I will give us a pass for the Liverpool game. I don't think anybody expects us to win that or to get anything out of the game, which is just absolutely fucking sad when you consider us to be Manchester United and we have no hope of getting anything going to Anfield. But we must win every single remaining game. This includes this weekend game against Leicester. This includes going to Arsenal now at the Emirates in what will be a six-pointer. And the second last game of the season is at home to Chelsea, where we hope that Chelsea have securely uh, are securely sitting in third place, don't have to worry about going any higher or lower, and will be resting players for the FA Cup final, which I think they'll get to by, by beating Crystal Palace. So that's what our hope will be, that Chelsea don't really put out a full team for that one and we can win that game. But we're hoping for miracles here with nine games left to go this season. A miracle to get us into the Champions League. We were supposed to be title contenders. Cristiano Ronaldo, Varane and Jadon Sancho were supposed to be the final pieces. And then we have people crying online saying, oh, but we didn't get a CDM. The CDM was actually the final piece. Look, you're looking at this team thinking there's one final piece. 
and you don't see a massive problem with things, then you are you are blind. You are as blind as the people that thought we had any chance of winning the Champions League. Um, before I move on to breaking down this game against Leicester, as I said, or as the commentator said, there was an inquest. I don't think it was particularly necessary after this result. The whole season has been an absolute shit show. But I have pulled up some of the comments that were made after the game. David, what's the, the view from the, the dressing room? I guess a really frustrating night. I feel very, very sad. Inside, uh, probably the, the whole wrestling room feel the, feel the same. Tough night, very disappointed result. Uh, we keep trying, keep trying, but it wasn't enough to, to be the little Yeah, I suppose if they get the first goal, they're masters at sitting back and slowing the game down and getting free kicks. That's, I guess that's the frustration, their know-how in this situation, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we were aware of that, but uh, that's why it would have been important to score the first goal ourselves. He's obviously sent on with so many attacking players, but was it frustrating that we just couldn't quite play, create the clear-cut chances right at the end? Yeah, we had uh, one... Uh, Jaden could have scored at the far post, uh, and then a brilliant save by the goalkeeper after after the set-piece. But uh, out of normal play, it was difficult. They are a very good defensive team. They scored the first goal, so... It was difficult to create chances against them, of course, but to be honest, the team today created enough to, to score at least one goal. But they are a very experienced, very competitive team, and it wasn't enough. Is it about their know-how, really, the fact that they've done this for years, I guess? Yeah, they yeah, know yeah. Precisely what they're doing when it comes to games like this, I guess. Like I say, yeah, they're a very experienced team, very competitive they slow down the tempo, uh, they waste time, they know how to how to deal in the difficult moments. And now just uh, nine more games, Premier League games, so we need to, to, to get up, to keep going and, and finish the season uh, properly. Finally, Raph, I suppose the important thing now is to qualify for this competition, make sure we're in this competition. Again, next year, that's the thing now, I guess. Yes, but that, that would have been the case even if we had won the game tonight. But uh, um, we also have to be realistic in order to achieve that. We have to win probably six, if not seven of those games. Uh, definitely have to win away at Arsenal. So um, uh, it's not an easy an easy thing to achieve at the end. But uh, yeah, we will try hard, uh, try our very best to finish uh, fourth at the end of the season. Um, but whatever happens, uh, it's our job now, together with our fantastic supporters, with our fantastic fans today, to finish uh, this season on the best and highest possible note. I suppose in many ways, Atletico Madrid are so many things that this current Manchester United team would love to be. I'll be honest, I thought Atletico were bang average. I thought that they were there for taking. If United, I think if United would have played better in the second half, I thought they were poor second half, really poor. First half they played well, but they were still down. I thought Atletico Madrid had the quality players at the top of the pitch, and Jao Felix and Griezmann, which decided the game. But I thought, I didn't think they played great, but they played better than United, especially in the second half. And I think for United, when you thought, you know, this crowd was expecting, we were all expecting... And then it just fizzled out, just went flat. So many players out on the pitch that could have decided the game. But it goes, it goes flat. They contribute to that. 
oh, way that they play. They slow the game That's down. That's what I mean, They're yeah. cute in the way that they play. They're clever in what they do. And they make it hard for you. But then you, as, a, as a team, attacking players on May United's side, as a t- they have to find a way then. Yeah, but really, it's like, it's like they never watched Atletico Madrid play before. You know, we know they're going to sit in and everybody's going to be on the box. Why do you just keep whipping balls in for them yeah. to cross into head? At some point, you've got to link and get them out of position, get in behind them, get runners, get the balls from wide position. Every time the ball went wide, it just got whipped into the box. Scholes, he said it's Savage and him, and it just kept heading everything out. There wasn't many clear-cut chances no. in the game, was there? They are not a better team than Man United, but they've got a better coach, a more experienced coach who knows how to get results. If he was coaching Man United, Man United got through that game. The difference between this team, the two teams today, the Atletico team, they had a group of reliable men, reliable men who want to go out there and would do anything the managers asked them. They understand the job in hand. Yeah. They work together as a team. Whereas the other team, Man United, they're looking at each other. Who's going to pull us out now? Who's going to pull the magic trick out of the hat? Ronaldo done it at the weekend. Who's next? Who can do it? It's not about, oh, the, the team are going to get us through this. It's a moment of brilliance from an individual. Very different way of working. It comes from leadership. Yeah. It comes from a coach that demands that who will get that out of his players. Look, I, I don't want to keep having a go at this manager. He, he seems a really nice man. I love his interviews. He comes out. He's very honest. But how he was chosen to be manager of this club or coach of this club, whether for six months, six weeks, six games, I don't know. But doesn't that show you that this is a bigger conversation than just about the person that manages the football team and picks the one to eleven. One hundred percent. It's the whole thing. The way it's put right together. Right. Yeah, but the coach is a massive part of it. Yeah, Getting a proper coach for the this team part. is a massive but part. But do you trust it's that this club part. is able to do this, that? This isn't a, a terrible group of players. I think if you if you give the structure and a way of playing, there's, there's some real talent in this squad. Now look, it's not as talented as the teams that are above them. We, we know that. But we've, uh, the very first thing this club needs to do to get anywhere near winning the league again is get a proper coach. Get a coach that suits them and give them a couple of years, two or three years, to build a squad of players that will challenge. People say about how long is it going to take. It's hard even to put a number on that, isn't it? Like yeah, it's, hard to it's, put a it's impossible. On, on but, uh, I think we've had a lot of pain. I think there's still more a bit of pain to come before we get to where we want to. But I keep saying it. I know a lot talk about people behind the scenes. Until we get a proper coach, a top-class elite coach from a, another big football team that wins trophies strikes fear into players. It wasn't that what Jose Mourinho was meant to bring to this football? It wasn't the Jose Mourinho of, of, no. of when he was at Chelsea no. first time round or when he came from Porto and it wasn't that same Jose Mourinho. As good as he is yeah. and as great as he's been and he's, he'll be an all-time great in the Premier League history, 100%, but when he came here he wasn't that Jose Mourinho. He'd lost that fire in his belly, hadn't he? He'd lost that fire in his belly. And do you know what? I, I, I didn't like it when it happened because he was our main rival for, what, four or five years at Chelsea? It just never sat well with me that he was going to be the right man to take this job on. Do you know what? I'm sure he tried his best. I know he had other problems at the field as well, but I just never felt it was the right stage. If he was at the stage coming over from Porto to Manchester United, then I think it would have been a very different story. I just saw that stage, it was the wrong choice. Uh, and I think also, in terms of time, you can't put... Unless you get the right pieces, you can't... See, Klopp took, I don't know how long, four, four or so years yeah. to win the, the, the Premier League and, and to start looking like they were going to win something. But you could see that on the trajectory that it was there was an improvement and you could see that was, yeah. oh, we're back in the right horse here. May United have to get to that point. And when people talk, oh, go and buy this player, go and buy that player. This is, I think this is, once you get the manager, you have to get in the right person in place, then you're t- talking minimum 
two, three years before you can think about challenging. And by the way, Liverpool and City, it's there. It's a high bar now. Mm. The consistency with which they play at the moment. And the numbers I, I that think you made a good point out that two or three, four years, it, it, it could be that long. And do, do you know what? Until what? Two, three or four until years. Until they win the league or until yeah. they tell the challenge of the league? Challenge. And I'd, I'd snap your hand off for that now. Mm. But you saw where Liverpool and City, you saw for them two or three years, you felt them coming. Yeah. You knew they were coming. You knew they were getting better. They knew all of a sudden they were going to start challenging for a league title. We haven't had that for eight ten. years, ten years, whatever it is, since Sir Alex went. And there's no sign of it even getting closer to that. It feels like we're going in the opposite direction. Now, it's going to take getting the right man. The next man might not be the right man. We don't know. We've no idea. But but then people behind the scenes have got to make sure it's the right man. But what it does show you, though, it doesn't matter what players you get together, what collection of players, what what talent you get together, you need someone to harness that. You need need a manager to come in and put it all together. And that's where the people making that's decisions... That's what class managers do. Yeah, they but do. You, and but you know what, also, I think, when you look at the club, some of the players they sign, some of the managers they sign, this club, there's a lot of pressure for whatever reason, whether it's because of the history and, you know, what's been achieved here and all the iconic managers and players. You know, fair play. But also, it looks like people come here and they feel the pressure. There's been so many names that come through here you know, managers and players that haven't probably formed to the level that we all would have anticipated. And I don't think you really know that's players... Clubs or but that's what I mean. Clubs, you've but, got to play with pressure. But, that's yes, expected to win. I 100% agree. But you don't know the boys until they're in these situations. Different playing in a different club. You've got to come here and enjoy this. You know, you've got to come here and enjoy the pressure as a player, as a manager. And you only... Reen knows as a player. We knew a player in five minutes when it was difficult because you knew if he was there or not. You know, and best players are there when it's difficult. Skulls, you know that's that. part of the top manager's job, though, but to bring players in. You think of Klopp, what he does with young players. Just relax and enjoy yourself. If it doesn't work, it's my fault. Yeah. Oh, it's Ralph Rangnick, but it doesn't matter. The man to be the director of football. If you bring in Mbappe and Haaland this summer, United ain't winning the league. No. They're not winning the league. It doesn't matter who you bring in. You need to. Be, it needs to be from the top down. That's a pretty cutting statement to finish off there from Rio, where he said. It doesn't matter if you bring in Mbappe and Haaland. This team aren't winning the league. And I, and I believe that. I, I believe often when I see United linked to players, top players that are coming in that we're linked to, I wonder how good they are going to be three to six months later in this team. Look at what's happened to Jaden Sancho. Look at the form of Marcus Rashford. I don't know if Marcus Rashford will ever recover again, especially playing for Manchester United and being around this this atmosphere around Manchester United. It's just a very difficult situation that I can see resolving itself, especially not resolving itself over the course of one summer. Now, as we move on with this show, we're not going to talk too much. Well, actually, we're not going to talk at all about the manager situation. That's something that we probably should address on this show, but we're going to wait until next week. There has been significant developments. There have been apparently talks with both Pochettino and Ten Hag. I think the Ten Hag talks are 100% certain. He's moved in a manager's market. He's now a clear odds-on favourite. So it does look like Ten Hag of Ajax will be the favourite. We'll look at that market and we'll look at the candidates next time. What we need to do on this show is break down this Leicester game. And I wanted to gloss over the running again, see if my opinions change, see how it looks now with Manchester United having nine games remaining but before we do that we move we, we will move on to this Leicester City game as Manchester United play Leicester tomorrow at 5.30. Manchester United are obviously once again the favourites to win this game they're the favourites on the money line here at the price of four to seven. Leicester are significant underdogs to win here at Old Trafford they're available at 21 to four and it's seven to two here on the draw. 
This is a must, must win game for Manchester United. Other than the game away to Liverpool, I do think that Manchester United now have to win every single one of their remaining games. Ralph Ragnick was talking about needing to win six or seven of these games. That's not how I see things at all. I've worked out the the running, or at least in my opinion, and obviously Arsenal and Tottenham can drop points. But I think for Manchester United to definitely be in the Champions League this season, they need to win seven, draw one and lose one of these games. They can afford the loss to Liverpool and I think they can afford to draw one other game. And we do not want it to be here against Leicester City, given that we have to travel and go to places like Arsenal. We need to go away to Everton. We need to play at home to Chelsea. We don't want to fall short here in a game where Leicester are missing some key players. Wilfred Ndidi's not there and Jamie Vardy is injured once again. And that is a key, key player for Leicester because he not only changes the game in terms of being an important player that Leicester need, but stylistically, Leicester play around Jamie Vardy. Now, obviously... All players miss key players when they're missing from their sides. But for Jamie Vardy, he dictates an entire style of play that Leicester play and how they play around him. So for me, I always say that Jamie Vardy is one of the top five most important players in the Premier League in terms of what a difference he makes to your side when he's not there. We saw last season Liverpool completely implode without Virgil van Dijk. So that adds weight to the discussion that Virgil van Dijk is also in that top five. But I think Jamie Vardy is also in amongst that. I don't I don't have a particular order in terms of the five most important players to their particular clubs. But I think Jamie Vardy is certainly in that top five because he dictates and changes the entire way the team plays. So without him, Leicester are a much easier team to beat. That's not to say that Manchester United are going to walk over Leicester tomorrow. I still think it's going to be a game where Manchester United will make it hard for themselves, as they notoriously do. And the data going into this game, Game says that Leicester could get something from this game and it certainly points to Leicester managing to at least score a goal in this game. Leicester are unbeaten in their last four games against Manchester United and have actually won the last three and I think the, the game against Leicester was a big point in the season where you could clearly see that Manchester United were going to be in big trouble when they lost that game away to Leicester. United come into this with just one win in the last five games. Repeat that form and you're not only not going to be in the Champions League, you're going to be out of Europe entirely, which would actually be my preference. If Man United aren't going to be in the Champions League, I would rather finish eighth and not play Conference League or Europa League. I think it would be much better if we just focus solely on the league next season without those distractions. Leicester come into this having lost just three of the last 10 and both teams have scored in each of the last four meetings between the two sides. We've also seen Leicester win the last three meetings. Leicester have won and both teams have found the net in the last three meetings between the sides. And Man United have dropped points in seven of their last 13 league matches. So obviously, this all points to Ralph Ragnick not being the answer here. But also the data points to Leicester getting something from this game. And it certainly points to both teams scoring. I do think both teams will score. I think that selection gives you a little bit more value here than taking Manchester United on the money line at the short price of four to seven. But I do think Manchester United will 
end up winning this game and they are a good parlay piece this weekend. It would be a disaster to drop points in this game with Leicester missing key players like Ndidi and Vardy. I think Manchester United do end the hoodoo against Leicester here and manage to pick up three points. I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be putting out any plays where I'm convinced that they do this comfortably, such as Manchester United covering any sort of handicaps here. I certainly don't think this team are reliable enough to do that. I think if they do win it, it's probably going to be another game where they edge out a one-goal victory with Leicester scoring in that game. Manchester United and both teams to score as a selection is available at 2-1 to one plus 200. And I think given the data, that selection does provide you with significant value. Way Arsenal celebrated at the end. It was as if they'd already qualified for the Champions League. And, and you want it to be a hard place to come, don't you? Villa Park. That's the ambition of the club. And it shows that they do see this as a as, as a big three points. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we want to make this place a, a tough place to come. And I think it is a, a tough place. You see the way they uh, celebrated. It was, to be honest, it was like they won the league. But, you know, it, it shows that you know, they found it tough. And um, like I say, we want to be... In them European places, we, we want to get the club back there and, you know, everyone's got that ambition to, to get the club back there. So, uh, you know, we want to make it a tough place, but, you know, we want to be winning games as well. So there we heard Ashley Young talking about Arsenal over-celebrating for winning the game against Aston Villa. I think they celebrated like they'd already qualified for the top four. He's saying they celebrated like they'd won the Premier League. But I think they did really feel that that was a significant result, as did I, because I had that one being a game where Arsenal dropped points in the running. But they celebrated it like they were almost there or that they were pretty much there. We're going to have a look at the running and see if that actually is the case. But... Maybe I am being a little bit too critical of Arsenal. Maybe I'm just too used to Arsenal failing. But I still don't think it's over. And that's with me having the Arsenal-Manchester United game as a draw, which is a key game in Man United's running. Man United's manager, Ralph Ragnick, said they need to win six or seven games as long as one of them's them beating Arsenal. And I agree with that to a certain extent. I think they do need to win seven games and they probably do need to beat Arsenal. But that's only if I'm wrong about where Arsenal can drop other points. I'm more concerned about Tottenham because the way I've worked it out with the projected results I have for each game... I have Tottenham finishing above both of these teams. Now, Tottenham are the second favourites to qualify for the top four. Arsenal are the clear 1-2, to two, minus 200 favourites, with Manchester United all the way out at 6-1. to one. Now, I have Manchester United and Tottenham both finishing on 22 points, which would put Tottenham ahead of Manchester United in their current positions because Tottenham are ahead of Manchester United in the table right now. So if they continue to have the same number of points, Manchester United will finish behind Tottenham. But I do have Manchester United drawing that game against Arsenal. If we begin with, with this run-in, we'll see that Manchester United beat Leicester on my run-in sheet. Manchester United win away to Everton as well. We lose against Liverpool away from home. I don't think anybody would give me much argument with those results so far. I have a convincing win at home to Norwich. I have a draw away to Arsenal, a win at home to Brentford. 
I think we'll win away to Brighton. That could be a contentious result, but we always seem to win against Brighton, whether we play them home or away. Now, I've given us a 1-0 win against Chelsea at home. That is probably the most contentious result. Number one, Manchester United have a clean sheet. And number two, it's a team above us in the league. But I really feel that's largely down to the situation with me seeing Chelsea in the FA Cup final. And I have Manchester United winning away against Crystal Palace. If I wanted to be really contentious, and I was being a biased supporter, I would give Manchester United the win against Arsenal because we do perform better away from home. We have had a good away record over the years, over the last couple of seasons. And um, you could argue that there is history and data to suggest that Arsenal will blow it and Manchester United could win away to Arsenal. But I've not gone in that direction. I've respected Arsenal enough to give them a draw there in that game. For Tottenham's 22 points, I see Tottenham winning against Newcastle this weekend. I've given them a draw away to Aston Villa, but then I see them winning at home to Brentford. I see them winning against Leicester. I see them losing at Anfield. And then I see them winning out against Burnley, Norwich, and in their game in hand against Arsenal. Maybe that is a contentious result as well, but I think that's going to be like a cup final for Tottenham at home. With the Arsenal results, I have them winning against Palace. I have them winning against Brighton. I have them drawing against Southampton. Don't forget, Southampton are a side that came to Manchester United, got a draw. They got a draw at home to Man United and they recently won away to Tottenham. So maybe they turn up here for the big game. Also, don't forget that Manchester City have only taken one point from Southampton this season. So that's why I've got that as a draw. I've got the Man United game as a draw and I've got Arsenal drawing away to West Ham in the London derby. Reason for that? is because West Ham have delivered home results against Sevilla and against Chelsea and against Liverpool. So we have supporting data for that. Again, Arsenal wins against Leeds, against Newcastle, against Everton, but I see them losing in the London derby against Tottenham and losing the London derby against Chelsea as well. I don't think Chelsea, even if they're in a comfortable position, are going to take that game lightly because it is a London derby. That only leaves Arsenal with 18 points, which would see them finishing level with Man United, despite the fact Man United didn't beat them, and finishing behind Tottenham, who have four points more than them. So for me, whether I'm right or wrong, the fact that I can make this argument means that it is not over at this point and therefore there is significant value fading Arsenal to get into the top four as they are the current minus 200 one to two favourites. So we will have a look at this a lot more as the running progresses. This could all go wrong this weekend. We could see Newcastle getting a positive result against Tottenham. We could see Manchester United dropping more points against Leicester or it could go the other way and Patrick Vieira, the former Arsenal player, does everybody a favour and Crystal Palace gets something against Arsenal. So it could go the complete opposite way. I still think there's plenty to play for here with nine games remaining for Manchester United and 10 games remaining for Arsenal. So it's going to be an exciting end to the EPL season. Nothing has been decided from relegation places to Europa League places to Champions League places. And we even have a title race now with Liverpool one point behind Manchester City. That's it for me in this edition of Bet MUFC. Good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.